<laughs> James is cranky because he doesn't like what chat picked <sighs> for our next movie, um, which is a good moment to advertise that. If you do come and watch us live on twitch.tv on alternating Saturdays, you get to be in charge of the next movie we watch. So you can listen to us on the podcast and also tune in live to help. Letting other people decide this shit was a mistake. I think it's fun. James just gets grouchy. I'm kidding. I love you all. Now, we have a great deal to talk about. Because I've already ranted and raved about how beautiful this movie is. And we're how terrible still, all the dialogue is. We're still talking about... Uh, this is Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince Part 2. Did you do cocaine on the break? Because... I, I had more coffee. <laughs> I was like, you haven't let me finish the sentence. What? Exactly. Exactly. Now... Pygmy Puff. Pygmy Puff incoming. Continue. Uh, shut the fuck up, Pygmy Puff! I didn't touch it again. It just had three sounds that time. <laughs> shut up. Now. Uh. The next note I wrote was a joke that I wrote because, uh. Harry doesn't want uh, Harry doesn't want Hermione to touch the book for whatever reason doesn't matter uh, and his excuse is the binding's fragile and it is it looks destroyed so makes sense right uh, so Ginny just takes it out of his hand and reads who's the half-blood prince and everyone's like well, I don't know who the fuck that is uh, and then Ginny just throws the book back at Harry, and I was like, Ginny, the binding is fragile! The miracle laughed really hard, so I wrote that down because it was funny. Uh, fragile bindings. I wrote, um, I just wrote a bunch of jokes from here on out. I was like, I'm gonna start calling people slick gits, because that's what Ron calls the guy who's macking on his sister. Uh, and I think that's really funny, because no one knows what the fuck it means. In this country, anyways. What the hell is a slick git? What's a git? That's not a thing. That's not real. That's English. I'm actually going to look it up. They measure things in millimeters. That's not fucking real. Uh, My next note is the same thing that I talked about last time. Uh, Everyone just keeps making eyes at everyone else, and it's far too horny here. And, uh, yeah. So, it's just simply too horny. Uh, This is... A movie that definitely appealed to the audience that it was made for. And I am 26. So I had to put myself in the mind of a teenager and I was like, this is good. Good soup. What's a git? A slick git is used to describe someone who is not well liked. A stronger form of idiot. Originally meaning bastard. Damn, Ron. Calm it down calling him a slick bastard. This is not an R-rated movie. You can't say swears. Right, so. We've done a bunch of shit. Uh, we leave from, what's the name of the bar? The Three Broomsticks? Correct! Hey! I'm so proud of you! Look at me go, knowing stuff! Um, we leave from the Three Broomsticks, and we're just walking along, and the, we watch, I, I, I like to watch movies that we review with subtitles, so that I can catch little bits of dialogue that I might not hear, because my hearing's damaged. Um... America sucks because she can't watch anything with subtitles because she can't read and watch at the same time. I hate subtitles. Um, 
hate them. So the uh the subtitle uh for Leanne screaming popped up uh, a hair before Leanne started screaming. Yes. I just want to respond to chat that she is kissing Dean in the three broomsticks. And she was actively dating Dean. Just because chat said it wasn't. Sorry. Responding to a thing in chat that it was Dean. Oh, alright, well. Cool. Um, Carry on. Yeah, Screaming. so the, the, the pop-up for the subtitle went just a hair before it happened. And I started saying, what? And then she started screaming, and I was like, oh, Jesus! And so, it's a quick pan over to the side, or maybe a cut, I don't remember. Doesn't matter. Uh, and they go, like, so hard on a full exorcist scene. It looks really and cool. And it is cinematically terrifying. You pop, the, she's on the ground, she floats up in the air, her hair floats, which is always a cool effect. Uh, and her head's tilted back, and she's in this, like, twisted, fucked-up scream. And it, like, it looks scary. It's cool. These movies aren't for kids it anymore. It is different than the past movies. It's dope. It's horrifying. And you look at it, and they got, like, the a cool angle where her mouth looks unnaturally large. Like, if and the, the camera's also moving slowly. The whole time that you're like looking at her face when she's up like this and her eye tracks with the camera or it like locks on to like where her friends would be. So it looks kind of like she's looking at you and her mouth looks unnaturally large and long because she's just screaming. And then it just fucking drops her on her head in the snow. And it, oh my God, that shit was crazy. Uh, and it's in the middle of a snowstorm like... Full, like, they just, like, whatever unit that they had that filmed this scene, fucking hats off to them. They killed that shit. That was hugely enthralling and engrossing. Very good stuff. Very good stuff. Um, love that a lot. Uh, my next note is, why does Harry speak ever? And I, I, I... Yeah, Harry just sucks. As a protagonist, I hate Harry. He's like I literally hate He's like Harry the top a three least likable protagonists that I've ever experienced. I don't like but you know, I, I But I don't, I don't like think it's his fault. I think it's I think it's J.K. Rowling's fault. She wrote a shitty protagonist. Like I I just I don't like Harry for a lot of It's the like Luke Skywalker. I was like I don't I was about to say I was like maybe I just He's don't like, like protagonists. Luke. Because I don't like Luke either. And I don't like... Uh, but it's the same thing here. Like, I don't like Frodo. Why does Luke speak? I was going to go to the Tashi station. Shut the fuck up. Don't, don't open your mouth. You suck across the board. Mark Hamill's great. Luke sucks. I don't like Frodo. Daniel Radcliffe's great. Harry sucks. Daniel Radcliffe's acting in this is, like, really good. And I'm going to say this because I was... You know when you watch things multiple times, you start to look at other things because you've seen this shit so many times. And there was just this moments where Harry was just like, like if an awkward moment was happening that like Daniel Radcliffe, like Harry was present for. Oh my God. But he wasn't directly involved in. You would just look at he Daniel Radcliffe in the back stuff. like, 
these are really like Cormac throws up on Snape and you just see <laughs> Harry in the background like these are really interesting drapes please don't see me please don't see me and then he tries to slide away and Snape's like not so fast Potter and like, it was but it was just like look at the fabric <laughs> it now th- th- there's a distinction here that you need to make between and it's something that chat pointed out and that is that Harry Potter is an empty shell for people to inhabit, mm-hmm. right? We talked about that in a previous podcast. Now, there's a distinction that needs to be made. In a book, it's very cool and very frequent that this happens. And I think that's acceptable in book format. When you do that to people... It sucks. I don't want Harry Potter that I see to be an empty shell. I want Harry Potter to be a person with not generic flaws and positives. You would like a DC Harry Potter, not a Marvel Harry Potter. Yeah, I guess. I, I want Harry Potter to be his own entity and not be this empty hole that is miserable to look at. And I don't think it's Daniel Radcliffe's fault. I think they, unlike a lot of other uh, book-to-movie adaptations, really did line up characters with uh, between the book and the movie. Like I think they did a good job translating that. The problem is, is when you translate something that's very good when you make it up in your mind to something that you don't make up in your mind because it's being broadcast into your eye holes, you can't do the same shit. You have to make the character interesting and you have to make the character be its own person or people won't like it. I don't know anyone who's watched or read Harry Potter who goes, I love what Daniel Radcliffe did with the character. No one loves what Daniel Radcliffe did with the character. But it's not his fault. He's not in charge. I think Daniel Radcliffe did a good job. Yeah, but Harry Potter sucks. Yeah, no, Harry's Harry's awful. I hate Harry. Harry is not... To be fair, I don't like Katniss either. I mean, I like... Maybe I said, maybe I'm just a villain... And I just really don't like heroes. It's it, but uh, to draw a parallel, I like Katniss Everdeen in the books, The Hunger Games. I read all of those books, and I think it's a great character. I think she's a great character. I, but I, I also Jennifer feel like... Lawrence couldn't act hard enough. She is a tremendously talented individual. I don't think you can make Katniss the way that she is on screen as she is in the books. I don't think it's possible. But for a different reason, because it's first person switching into like a third person. That's really hard yeah. to do sometimes. It's it, it it people who want to make these movies don't think about the massive mountain they're choosing to scale. They think that'll make money, and they're right. And so they make a shitty movie with shitty characters that don't translate right, and it. Just sucks. It just sucks. And it's never, in my opinion, the fault of the actors. Most often, I think it's the fault of directors and screenwriters. The behind the scenes people that we don't see ruin things for us. 
times where it was the actor's fault? Twilight. Kristen Stewart. Full send. Blech. Maybe now I should read Twilight. I didn't put Twilight on the I've watched poll. all those movies. I know, but that was what started Listen, this. Listen, the, the podcast episodes that we would make about the Twilight movies would just be short because we'd be like, this happened and it was fucking dumb. And this happened and it was fucking dumb. And these people are fucking dumb. And Carlisle's too pretty for this. And we have to move on. It, it would just suck. Um, Peter's so pretty. Right. Anyways, we're back now. What were we talking about? Uh, why does Harry ever speak? Yeah. He just, every time he speaks, actually, not every time, because when he takes the liquid luck, he turns into a better version of Harry Potter. And I will say book Harry is much sassier than movie Harry. Like, I would love a sassy Harry Potter. Book Harry has some great lines that are just missing from the movies. Like, there's this one exchange um, between him and Snape where he's, like, kind of being disrespectful to Snape, and Snape's like, sir, like, trying to prompt Harry to say, call him sir. And Harry goes, no need to call me sir, professor. <laughs> Why can't we have that? Why? I, there's not a good reason. There's not. I don't. Wh fucking whatever crew, whatever director, doesn't fucking matter. If you read the book and that's how the character is, and people like that shit, maybe do that shit. This Harry Potter, Daniel Radcliffe tried his best. It's not likable. I don't think it's Daniel Radcliffe's fault. More often than not, if you're acting a way, and this isn't my experience with directors, if you're acting in a way, that is not true to your character, a director will call you on it and they will say, we need to reshoot this because you did that wrong. Or you don't have a good grasp on what we're going for for this character. That's what a good director will do. Now, if the actor has veterancy or some shit, then maybe it's a little bit different, but Daniel Radcliffe started this shit as a child. He was a child. And he was acting... As a character who, to this point in history, has been profoundly good. People like book Harry. People don't like movie Harry. That sucks. Anyways. Uh, I wrote Christ Alive, Everything is the Worst. Uh, and I don't remember why. Um, uh, probably some teenage awkward moment. Then there was the scene where Harry Potter fakes out Ron into thinking that uh, he gave him liquid luck. Right? And I wrote two notes back-to-back -back really fast, and it is Luna shut the fuck up, Hermione shut the fuck up, and then America joked at me that, like, my whole theme for the movie is that everyone should just shut the fuck up. Which is true. Um, that was just very funny. Luna gives away that uh, Harry made a concoction for Ron... Uh, and then Harry, like, fakes him out, like, oh, I put the liquid luck in there, and Hermione is like, you're fucking, you're fucking cheating, you'll be expelled, and Harry's like, you cheated at the tryout, which we didn't talk about, but did happen. And then Ron just fucking balls out at this tournament, and it's revealed that he did not, in fact, give him the liquid luck. Uh, which is great. Ron just thought he did. He just needed a little help with his he confidence. He just needed confidence, which is a trope, but it's fine. Um, placebo effects work even when you're aware they're placebos. 
Fun fact about psychology. What party happened after that? It, they were all celebrating Ron's win. Oh, yeah, I wrote, everyone, what the fuck, no making out at the party. But that's because I'm 26 years old, and I don't want to see that. Um, James is the grouchy old man that doesn't like PDA. <laughs> then, oh, man, then we have Turmoil. Hermione sees a very white and not at all normally African-American or African-European. Everyone who played Lavender up until this point was black. Mm-hmm. And then they full switch that shit, which I noticed, which is bad. Why? Why? Because lavender. You, you cast her as one person, then you cast her as another person, and then you cast her as a third person, and the third person not the same race as the other two. Because wild. Well, I mean, I know why they recast her. I'm not saying why they recast her as a completely different race, but they like. I mean, lavender doesn't exist in the series, like really until this movie yeah. and this book like uh, she's just not real i'm just gonna say if we've met the character once maybe stick with that theme for the series just throwing that out there i know this was like the early 2000s where it was like the wild west and no one gave a shit about anything uh but come on now uh hermione stomps off leaves the party is very upset and is this the party with, uh, with the where Snape was at? No, no, that was a dinner party. That's like going through. Mm-hmm. Lots of parties happened in this movie. Um, right, this is a Gryffindor party. Uh, Hermione runs off. Harry goes to find her uh, because he's a good friend, which is the one thing that does translate well. Um, he goes and finds her, and she's crying and doing charms, and is all upset. And you know, when Hermione gets upset, she just practices magic because. What else is a studious good wizard going to do? I was like, self-soothing. Um, I was like, people yeah, do things people to do self-soothe. Yeah. Uh, so she's down there upset. Uh, and then Ron comes in full drunk off adoration. Full drunk off adoration. Like, easily noticeable that he is just living in the spotlight. Loving that shit. Uh, and he's got Lavender just all over him. All over. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to knock the pigment puff off your head, but he, she was just all up in his business. I think that's like, and it was greatly upsetting. Amazing. Of course, she, Gra- I mean, she acted her ass off. She, she did a great did, job. She did great. Like, she the did a actress did a great job. Yeah. Casting issues aside, she did fine. The actress did good. Um, and Hermione gets so mad that she throws all her charms at Ron. And I wrote, "Stop throwing shit at Ron. He's too stupid to know you like him." James can relate. Don't throw things at us. We're not smart. We're smart at other stuff. And Hermione, the smartest of all of the three of them, should put together that he's being too stupid to know. But she doesn't because everyone's super horny. Right. Uh, then I skipped a significant portion of the movie where I did not take notes. And I wrote a note that said so many things happened that I simply didn't take notes on because it's the good stuff, but also a bunch of cringe. Uh, and the next note I have is that Harry is a bit too on the nose about the memory shit when he goes to Slughorn and word for word 
repeats the phrases that Tom Riddle asked Slughorn years and years ago. Uh, and I was like, hey man, if you want to do like secret manipulation shit, maybe don't do it in the same way. Maybe don't show all your cards right at the beginning of the game and go. You don't need to tell him out the gate that you know what happened previously. You don't need to. That's a power card that you can hold forever. And instead, he's just like, pair of jacks on the table. That's what I got. And Slughorn is like, I'm not playing poker, and walked away. Wild. Wild. And then uh, Ron eats the love potion cookies. Or candies, as they were. Um, And I have some questions, actually. I I was not present for this portion. So... Uh, yeah, you probably heard me laughing loud as fuck. Yeah, you were laughing um, really loud. I was taking a break. What is the point of Ramilda Vane? Um, literally to just start showing that, like, now people are becoming obsessed with Harry Potter and, like... Because if you remember in Goblet of Fire, everyone hated him because they thought that he cheated and right. did the Triwizard Tournament. Right. And in um, Order of the Phoenix... Everyone hated him, or a lot of people hated him because they thought Dumbledore was lying, and Dumbledore and Harry were, like, conspiring conspiring against the Ministry. Mm. Like, remember, Seamus was fighting with him. Yeah, yeah. So this is the first movie where they're like, oh, Harry's been right, and he's, like, the chosen one? Oh my gosh, I have to get in on that, because, like, this is the first movie where we really get to see Harry's celebrity, other, or... Other than the first movie where everyone knew his name, this is the next movie where we really get to see Harry's celebrity status, like, very prevalent as a plot device. Because, like, now all the girls are like, oh, Harry, I want to be with Harry because he's the chosen one and he's extra special. So it's like we've come full circle back to where Harry's a celebrity and we're aware of that because everyone's not hating him right now. Um, so, yeah. There you go. Feels like Ramilda Vane exists as a plot device to unearth Slughorn. Yes. Eventually. She literally Um, is. Because, and it, I hate when people do this in movies because it's always going to be different in the book. But when you take a character that you like sprinkle in just a little bit, but with not any intention early on in the movie and then you use them to full like fuck up a main character like it appears to come out of nowhere for no reason and it's annoying i mean hermione said like she's trying to love potion you yeah when they talked about the party she's like see that that's her little vein she's trying to slip you a love potion so they like set it up a little bit yeah they set it up but that that setup is so on the nose that i knew it was foreshadowing yeah and I don't, it's just a personal thing for me. I don't like when your foreshadowing is so on the nose that I'm like, oh, so that's going to happen. That's, there's no intrigue. There's no mystery. And as soon as you show me a close-up of Ron giggling at the moon, like, well then, uh, all right, the foreshadowing, it's here. Great acting, Rupert Grint, by the way. Rupert Grint scene. nailed this shit. Ron ingests all of the love potion candies, and he's like, I'm gonna fuck Ramilda Vane. And Harry's like, 
No. Let's go get you help. And it is so much like two late 20 year olds. One's like, fucked up at the bar. I was literally and thinking, he's like, let's get you home. Come on. Come on. No, we're not texting we're, no, our ex tonight. We're gonna, let's you're go. going to get some water and crackers. You're going to lay down. Like it, that full vibes. That's a scene that translates to forever. It's going to translate to forever for the rest of time. And that's great. We like that. Um, and and so they go to Slughorn, who we've had some not nice interactions with lately. Uh, Slughorn's like, oh, God, yeah, we got to fix Ron. Uh, whips up a brew. Uh, pours some glasses. Ron takes a hit. Goes down hard. Foaming at the mouth. Poisoned. Slughorn doesn't know what the fuck is going on. Uh, he fool does not do well under pressure and like shut no, down. No, Slughorn like shit himself right on the spot. Just <clears throat> shut down. Was just like holding the two glasses, going, I, uh, and you know that's fine. Harry saves the day, ruffling through a bunch of boxes to grab an unknown thing to shove in Ron's mouth and hold his mouth shut and so he starts breathing again. Uh it's a so, sure, but they don't have like a the box doesn't say bazaar on it. Oh. The box doesn't even say anything on it. It's just got a design. Like you literally don't know what the fuck is happening until Dumbledore explains it in the next scene. I thought it does say it on the drawer Harry pulls out. Uh-oh. We're googling, guys. If it does, it says it in script I can't read. Alright, so maybe it does if that was the one, but I thought the one he grabbed had like a lot more designs on it. But he did grab like six boxes out of the thing, and it looks like a rock. I still don't know what a bazaar does. It's a stone that basically, uh, they explain it more in the book, but it's a stone that basically like if you if you are, have ingested poison, it's like a stone that basically removes all poisonous effects oh that's lit that's a dope thing they should have explained that literally at any point in time um it's a stone from goats chat's explaining it cool they should have talked about that uh so we go to a hospital scene which is like one of my fucking favorites he can't read cursive in the whole in the whole movie uh one of my fucking favorite scenes uh in the hospital runs out fucking cold um in the bed everyone's tending to him the professors run in, uh, it's found out that the mead that they were, uh, sampling, uh, was poisoned, uh, and, uh, then, like, out of nowhere, Lavender rolls up and is, like, furious that Hermione is there, even though, like, for the whole time, they've all been best friends, the three of them, and it's really funny because it's, like, that is something that a love drunk person does is get mad about dumb shit. Uh, Especially other women being there's like, her man. There's like a brief cat fight and then Ron is like sleep talking and he just keeps repeating Hermione's name for reasons. Uh, and Lavender goes <coughs> and runs away. Uh, and then Dumbledore makes a fucking joke about it. Like 30 seconds pass and he goes... 
I don't remember what the fucking line uh, is, but it was so fucking funny. To be young and to feel funny. loves king sting. So fucking funny. That, like, this old, old, sassy fucking old man is just like, yeah, well, that's pretty fucking great. I shit fucking, I rolled. I laughed so goddamn hard. That was great. Loved every second of that. Um, man. A bunch of stuff happens, and then Harry finds... Harry's right about Draco doing all this bad shit, but he doesn't know enough about it, so he's right, but for the wrong reasons. Um, and so Harry follows Draco uh, to the bathroom, where we see Draco have the first sort of real semblance that he is also a human being and not just an evil robot. Um, Draco is scared. He is struggling. And it is not showcased that Draco's a real person until this movie, so deep in the series that everyone's already gotten an unbridled hatred for Draco Malfoy deep within their souls. Uh, and that, to me, sucks for the character, but it makes sense for the story. So we see Draco's very, very visibly upset. Uh, you know, and who wouldn't be? The fucking devil himself is gonna fucking kill you if you don't do what he says. You've also been put placed with, like, this... Immense difficult task! Of smuggling a bunch of Death Eaters into Hogwarts and then killing Dumbledore. Like... Insane! The stress this poor guy's under. Plus, he has to get good grades. His like... dad's in Azkaban... And it's Harry fucking Potter's fault. Fuck that guy. Fully understand Draco Malfoy's character. See, that's a good character. That's a good character that I give a shit about. Because it's a good character. And it's not an empty hole. Dumb as fuck. Now... Tom, Tom Felton did a great job. Tom Felton ate that shit up. Um, Harry Potter does, like, the, the top of the list stupidest shit I've ever seen. In this scene. Where he just starts saying spells that he's never done before. And damn near kills a motherfucker. What? That's fucking crazy. A person. In a world of magic. Not real. Obviously, can't speak to a real world with magic in it. There's not real magic. If I were to place myself in a world of magic, me right now, the last thing I'm doing is, in the heat of the moment, using a spell I don't know what it does. Yeah. My only description is the name of the spell, or the trigger word, and the note... For my enemies. What? It's fucking outrageous that you would just... Now, I get it. Harry's full of blind rage, and they say it later. Later in the movie, right? They say that he's just blinded with rage? Yeah, yeah. James can also relate. Fully get it. Still, what are you doing? I know you're powerful and shit. What are you doing saying spells that you don't know what the fuck they do? That's... 
fucking crazy. That should be Wizard 101, first day of school. Now, children, the first thing we're not going to do is say a bunch of spells without knowing what they do, okay? Okay, we're going to teach you the spells. And then once you're a licensed wizard, you can learn about the murder spells. That's fucking crazy. Full crazy. Damn near kills Draco. Harry feels instantly bad about it. Yeah, he feels instantly bad because he knows he does a fucking crazy thing. Which is acting. Um, Snape arrives at the, you know, last possible second to uh, save Draco's fucking life. Um, I mean, it wasn't a quiet fight, and honestly, I'm surprised it took that long for people to come. Really, though? Running. <laughs> uh, man. Just fucking crazy. There's just too much fucking crazy shit. Uh... We find the, uh, does Harry find the cabinet? Um, they, yeah, they find yeah, the cabinet. they find the cabinet. Oh, uh, in that section where I said, uh, a bunch of shit happened and I didn't take notes. Also, uh, the Weasley's house explodes. That happened during that chunk of time. Uh, and I just forgot to mention it. Uh... this point harry and Ginny use it's at this point harry and Ginny go hide the book after he's damn near killed draco and they all go hey man don't have that book anymore and he's like yeah all right we probably shouldn't have the book anymore uh they go hide the damn thing but they also find the uh what's the name of the fucking cabinet the vanishing, the vanishing cabinet. cabinet that's right uh they find the vanishing cabinet and the bird the, the second bird uh, that Draco put in there, uh, is still in there, and it's not fucking dead yet. Uh, which, they don't know what the fuck that means, but we, the audience, know, or oh, uh, people can go, or life forms can go, and it won't kill them like it did the first bird. It's go time. Right, which, to the audience, means something, to the characters, doesn't mean fuck all. Um, then, Harry decides, uh, by saying, I just need luck, or something, someone says something luck, and he goes, oh, yes, luck. That'll win me the professor. And so he downs the liquid luck and thus begins the most important portion of the movie because it's the best that we've ever seen Harry Potter ever. It is literally one of my favorite scenes in the entire series. They just let Daniel Radcliffe do actual Harry Potter shit, and it was fucking great. He's sassy. He's sarcastic. He's very funny. He's quick on the draw. He, it's just better Harry Potter. It's like Harry Potter 2.0, the better update. Like, we should have Harry Potter on Liquid Luck 100% of the time. Because you know what? He is on Liquid Luck. He's just lacking the personality of the Liquid Luck for the whole fucking series. So if we could just have the winner Harry Potter with the attitude adjustment, that would be fucking great, and I would appreciate that very much. But we're not going to get that because it only lasts a little bit, and he only adds so much. Tragic. God, it was so good. It was so fucking funny. Everything he did was great. Potter, uh, sir. By all means, come with me, sir. Then let's go. <laughs> so funny. Oh, God, I scrolled too far up. Uh, also, the arachnid funeral. Second funniest thing I've Aragog. seen in my entire life. We don't know how Aragog died. I think old age. He was really old. He for, was an for, old spider. For for a spider, that's an and uh, that funeral, 
just everything about it was so funny. Hagrid in actual mourning. Harry, not a fucking care or thought at all. Uh, Slughorn trying Slughorn, to poach. Who's like, yo, can I steal the spider venom? And then breaks for off For science? The and then he breaks his fucking face off? It's like we took the liquid luck potion and immediately the movie got better. And then it just went back to normal. And it's frustrating. Because it makes sense for the movie to do that. But also, I would rather just live in that version of the movie forever. Because it's better. It's just better. I love Hagrid's face when Harry goes, not to mention the pinchers. And Harry's and Hagrid's, and Hagrid's like, like, why are you like this? I mean, you're right, but why? And he's like, <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> so fucking funny. Um, Aragog. And then Hagrid and Slughorn get drunk, sing a little song. Uh, Harry literally DDs this affair and just watches. Uh, and then Harry fully uses emotional blackmail to get what he wants out of Slughorn. Crazy! Uh, from there, a lot of stuff happens before my next note, so we'll just sort of run through it. Uh, we get the memory that we need from Slughorn, bottle that shit up, immediately cut to Dumbledore's fun dish, dump that shit in there. Uh, we watch what actually happened between Tom Riddle and Slughorn. Uh, which is the unveiling of the fact that there are horcruxes. Now, if you didn't read the books, or better yet, let's say the books don't exist, and this is the Harry Potter universe that we have so far as just the movies. Okay. If I got to this point and they're like, horcruxes, I don't watch a single other Harry Potter movie because... That is such a, it's so late to have introduced this insane, complicated plot device in the series. Yes. This is how it was introduced in the books to us. I'm fucking pissed then. This is literally like, it gets to this movie and they're like, horcruxes. And then it's the same thing. They're like, the diary you destroyed was a horcrux. I found this ring. We gotta go get the next one. Like literally that's how, we didn't know till the sixth book either. And I I think the reason that it's annoying to me is because I know writers don't start a long series like this knowing that they're going to do that. J.K. Rowling... I don't believe for a second that J.K. Rowling started writing the first book and was like, there are going to be seven Horcruxes and Harry's going to be one of them and there's going to be all these other ones and we're going to slowly destroy them and then we're not going to talk about it until the 90th movie or whatever yes america thank you she has gone on record saying that she knew the ending of harry potter from the beginning she also told alan rickman how the series was going to end there are seven books you think that's a mistake seven horcruxes seven books just saying seven's a number throughout they set it up from the beginning with it, like in like in the beginning of the first movie or first book first movie in chamber of secrets it's been there throughout but it's something that we don't learn about until the sixth one fully we it's it's but at the same time it's one of those instances where you're learning 
at the same rate that Harry and the characters are learning. So, like, Dumbledore was waiting for that memory to have confirmation of what he suspected, but he didn't know. And Harry is learning it at the same moment, too, of what a horcrux is. So, it's one of those things where if you reveal it too early, it becomes too distracting to the rest of the universe, because it's supposed to be like, oh, fuck, how are we going to... Um, how are we going to keep up? Like, how are we going to take down Voldemort? He's basically invincible. It it makes sense to reveal it right there because you're getting this moment of, like, fuck. And it sets up what they have to do in the seventh movie. But if you reveal that too early, then you're setting up this impossible task of how are you ever going to do this and what are we even going to do? I think it was revealed at the right time. Um, He does... Oh, no, 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 no. Don't... Mm -mm. Don't come at me about Dumbledore's secret fucking oh, plans. Oh, my God. But I'm not digging into that right now because I will take up a, the whole rest of the podcast we talking about make, it. Uh, two, we can make two episodes of the podcast just about the fucking chess moves that Dumbledore makes for the whole fucking series. Do you know how he got the... Okay, nope, okay. If I engage in this, I'm not joking, we will have a Discord call at some other time to discuss this out because if I start talking about it, like I said, it'll be here forever. But Regardless, it's shitty and I hate it. Horcruxes. I knew about Horcruxes before we started watching the movies. And I know that Harry is one. Because the world exists. Right. <laughs> there are certain facts that I know about the series that happened while I was a child. Uh, and frankly, I just don't like it. I think it's shitty. And I think if I had watched and read this shit when I was a kid, I probably wouldn't have liked it then either. It's just not something that I find particularly engrossing or entertaining. It feels very slapdash. It feels very much like you get to this book or this movie and you go, well, this is how I want it to go. So what have we done so far that I can lump in here? And that's what it feels like. So either they didn't do a good job portraying that she orchestrated a chess movie or a chess game for the whole series which is probably the case because yeah. it's really hard to showcase that. Also, to be... But that's, again, jumping into trying to make a fucking movie out of a book that's a whole universe. It's a fucking Everest. You can't summit that shit by yourself. I think um, we're running into a little bit of Game of Thrones issues here where, like, they're making the movies while the book series isn't finished yet. When did the book series finish? In 2006. Seven. Okay, so the book series finished before they filmed this movie. This movie was filmed in 2008. I was just saying for, like, showing it in the movies, them Actually, setting it up. I think it was released in 2008. It was released in 2008. But, okay. um, but like, I'm saying, like, so, like, J.K. Rowling went on record saying that she did tell, because Alan Rickman didn't want to do it. But she did tell Alan Rickman how it all ends. And that's when he accepted the part. So she knew 
at least from 2001, and the first book only came out in 1997. So she knew for a very good long time how it was going to end, and she told Alan Rickman, but she didn't tell a lot of other people, and that's the only one she's gone on record telling, because she really wanted Alan Rickman to play Snape. Well, he ate that shit up. He did a great job. But, so... I, 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 Debates I, I aside, James doesn't like Sucks. Horcruxes. Moving on. It's It feels like a weak-ass plot device. But, to be fair, I also really just dislike plot devices as a whole. Um, bah, 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 bah. Now, Dumbledore takes Harry to the cave. And we have some of the greatest cinema that I've ever looked at. In a long while. Probably since the Hobbit movies. Which also had incredible cinema. Um, oh, and John Wick. Which also has tremendous cinema. Beautiful visuals. Stunning, even. Uh, the fucking... I wrote that Dumbledore might not be the smartest wizard, but he is the most brilliant because he makes m lots of highly intelligent decisions, and then tells no one. Um, Facts. And that, ultimately, also a plot device that bothers me. Dumbledore is the biggest plot device. Like, forget about literally any other character being a plot device or Horcruxes. Dumbledore is the plot device that drives this series. Because um, with that, like... And none of it's explained, really. The The... the Man, I, I really did just write a bunch of notes about cool shit that I saw because the okay. one of the things that I really liked was the shot from underwater where you barely get a look at what could be hair in the water in between the camera and Harry above the water. Uh, actually, I, just, I think it's, it might be Dumbledore holding his light out um, before they get the chain in the death boat. Uh, and man, that shit was so cool. Because it was like, that's your good foreshadowing. Where you might see what you think you see, or you might not see what you think you see, and if you're right, it's foreshadowing. If you're wrong, it just looks very cool. So, there's dead people in the water. And then, the fucking, the torturous scene of watching Dumbledore ingest a poison uh, in order to get this locket, which turns out to be false. Um, oh, there was a moment where uh, Dumbledore is telling Harry, listen, I think we have to drink this whole thing. I'm going to do it because you're more important, which is not a lie. Harry Potter goes... I'll do it. And Dumbledore's like, no, you little shit. I'm doing it because I'm old and I'm way smarter than you, which is not a lie. And I wrote, Harry Potter has far too much ego for someone who has to save the world. And also, he is self-admitted to being the chosen one. Dude, if you self-admit to being the chosen one, this is not the moment where you're going to have to bow out of things. That is fucking crazy. Dumbledore is saying he's going to drink the shit for you? Absolutely let him do that. Do not fight him even a little bit. Help him in any way you can. Because what the fuck? 
do you mean you're going to do it? You're not better than he is at being a wizard? He's a real wizard. You're a student. You haven't even licensed yet. You're not allowed to practice magic outside of school. What on earth are you fucking on, you egotistical maniac? It was crazy. Um, after Harry gets dragged under the, the water mm -hmm. uh, and the firestorm starts. We don't get the full scope of the firestorm until Harry comes out of the water and we come out of the water with him, uh, which is cool. Um, I wrote the note that says uh, Dumbledore is on that Gandalf the white shit and he's got the cave looking like Mountain Doom, which was so fucking tight. The, the fire tornado, I read a fact about it. It took the VFX guy eight months to animate that sequence in a way that was satisfactory. And I'll tell you this now, it holds up. It looks good as fuck. It is so tight to see him swirling his wand. After the last time we see him, he is like in horrible suffering, like weakened entirely. And he is like, Full power. That's a level 20 wizard, dude. Going all out on this enormous firestorm that's keeping all the evil forces at bay. So sick. So cool to look at. Um, we get out of this space. Uh, we see that... Uh, the Death Eaters have been let loose into the school... Um, and Dumbledore's like he hears the doors and we saw the captions that the doors open and close uh, and Dumbledore knows some of what's about to happen I think he probably knows most of it but I know he knows that someone's here and he's probably not making it out of the next 10 minutes uh, and so he's like go get Severus Severus is going to do the thing uh, and don't let anybody fucking talk to you. Don't be seen. And then I was like, where the fuck's your invisibility cloak, dude? You have the greatest get-out-of-jail-free card of all time at your disposal whenever, and you just don't even have it on you? What the fuck? Amateur. If you're going on secret missions with Dumbledore, the very first thing you're grabbing is your wand. The second thing you're grabbing is your fucking invisibility cloak. Anyways. Fucking... They just full murder Dumbledore. Just right out the gate. I don't think Draco Malfoy would have done it. I don't think he would have pulled the trigger because Draco's scared and a big coward. Uh, I think it's crazy that they killed him, but that's good. It's good crazy. Had to. It's good crazy. Um, had to, because, um, like, Snape made the unbreakable vow, so even if Draco didn't do his task, he had to complete it for him. Yeah. So, they killed Dumbledore, and I knew in advance that Snape was the Half-Blood Prince, because, like I said in last week's episode, uh, I knew certain things about the movie before we watched it, because of scene scenes, uh, and the scene that I had 
locked into my brain uh, is Harry trying to fuck with Snape using Snape's own spells and Snape also having a massive ego and going, you dare use my own spells against me. And uh, that that shit's great. Uh, that shit's great. I like that so much. Uh, Snape's the Half-Blood Prince. Uh, no explanation in the whole movie as to what the Half-Blood Prince title is about or why that exists. I presume it's because Snape's <coughs> parents aren't both wizards. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's not said, and so you're sort of left to wonder. Uh, which sucks. Uh, and I believe my last note is now shit's all fucked up. How many movies are there left? Two? In this series, yes, two. Two more movies. Uh, and it's The Deathly Hallows Part 1 and 2. Correct. Um, how long is The Deathly Hallows novel? Is it <coughs> like 756 like pages? noticeably longer than... Uh... Yes. Cool. So, I mean, here is Half Blood Prince for reference. Yeah. Here is Deathly Hallows. That's definitely a two movie. That's definitely a two movie book. Size comparison. Definitely. Live. Um. So, <coughs> I, we only have a couple more minutes on this episode, and I want to talk about whether or not this is a good movie, um, because. As has been stated, not only by the Twitch chat while we're recording, but also just throughout time. This is one of those Harry Potter movies that's like, it's a divisive topic. Is it good? Is it bad? Kind of like Goblet of Fire. Who fucking cares? Honestly. Because there is no objective good versus bad. Everything is opinion-based specifically when it comes to art and the view of art. Art is subjective. Now, there are movies, paintings, TV shows, novels, you name it, the art piece, where the grand populace has an overwhelming opinion about it. See movies with one star on IMDb, shit like that. Um, But this is one where it feels pretty split. Uh, most of our chat thinks this movie sucks. America thinks this movie is wonderful. Um, I think, and my opinion is the most important because I haven't actually seen it until I was right now. Um, I think this movie is probably a top two of the series so far. And I'll say that because a lot of actors in this movie in particular feel like they truly lock it in and come into a place of real comfort with their characters. Um, Daniel Radcliffe aside, who believes his own performance was trash. Um, Ron feels excellent. Hermione, great. It's probably the first movie where I haven't written a note that says I dislike Hermione. Uh, Which is, actually, that's something of note. This is the first performance of Hermione that I haven't disliked uh i think hermione did great and it was a good character in this movie sucked all the movies before but maturity's a thing and that's the deal right i think this movie is better than most of the ones that came before it because not only is there is this is the second date uh movie in the series that david yates directed so there's a little consistency in the leadership on the team 
but they got a new cinematographer to breathe fresh life into the look of things um and it script wise even though the story is kind of meh to me the characters come into their own and it's they become more believably humans and that's so huge in this movie series where i've disliked characters because they don't do like normal people shit they don't make normal decisions they do crazy shit for no reason all the time and in this movie that is capped a significant amount it feels like people make decisions that normal people make and things look really beautiful through the whole fucking thing and it like I don't know. I think this is a very good movie for a lot of reasons. I understand how people would think it's not a good movie, but I I think it's really quite good. I think they did a very good job making it. I think it looks beautiful. It was directed well. It is acted well. Almost across the board. There's not a tremendous amount of herder uh we're gonna explain this away by saying magic like that doesn't happen in this movie there's explanations for stuff that is lacking in other movies plot points are for the most part explained out in a way that makes sense like you're not left at the end of the movie going why is anything the way that it is you're left going how are we going to move forward from here because this is crazy and that's good. That's maturity of the brand. That's maturity of the cast. That's maturity of the crew. That's direction that makes sense. It's not bullshit. It's good. And you can disagree with me. That's fucking fine. I don't care. But there are certain things that I think can't be argued. And one of them is the thing that I've stuck on the most through both of these episodes is that it's just beautiful it's just a beautiful movie and maybe i would have come at it differently if i'd read the books maybe but the books are awful to me i don't like reading them they're written for children and i'm 26 years old and i fucking can't abide to read that shit it hurts my eyes reading the first book i got like 10 chapters in before I just gave the fuck up. I couldn't fucking do it. Percy Jackson's written for kids. Yeah, but Percy Jackson's good. I don't like it as much as Harry Potter. When did I first start reading Percy Jackson? Actually, let's take into consideration that you read Harry Potter as a kid. And I read Percy Jackson in 2004. I read Percy Jackson. I did not read it in 2004. Uh, fuck, when did I read it? I don't think I started reading Percy Jackson until I was partway I through think. high school. I was, it was either 2004 or sometime in middle school because now. When did the first one even come out? I'm looking. That's why I was like, maybe not, but. Regardless, there's something to be said for reading something or watching something when you are in the age group that it's made for. And don't get it twisted. The first book of Harry Potter is a book for kids. The first movie of Harry Potter is a movie for kids. 2005, so I read it in 2005. 2005? 
Okay, I probably read Harry or uh, Harry. I probably read Percy Jackson for the first time much closer to 2011. After most of the first half of that book series came out, uh, so I I'm really catching up to things as a society, um, but. Also, I just like the way Rick Riordan writes, and J.K. Rowling sucks ass. I don't like Percy Jackson. Don't get me wrong. I like Percy Jackson. I have a tattoo of it, too. But um, I did not like it as much. The world building felt, at least in the first series, I have not read the second half of the series. It ages like fucking wine, dude. It ages so well. But it felt like the world was rushed. It felt like... And you think Harry Potter wasn't? No. All they do is say this is this way because magic. That's such bitch made, dude. Oh my god. <sighs> Maybe we'll have to watch the Percy Jackson movies and review them. N- absolutely not. Those are garbage. Everyone knows those are garbage. Oh, I should have put Even La- Rick Riordan knows those are garbage. I should have put Last Airbender on the poll. Already. That would have been a fucking time. <laughs> you want to have a talk about a movie that looks cool but is actually trash? I, it doesn't even look cool. Um the uh the percy jackson movies we're gonna get a little bit off topic so next time next time we are watching beetlejuice as was decided by our live poll so we will be taking another break from harry potter god damn it um (laughs) we're just we're dragging it out for james we're dragging Uh... it out for you guys um i'm about to have a very long debated discussion with uh our live channel which is another thing you get to enjoy if you tune in live is we get to communicate live with you and talk about things as they're happening. Um, so yeah, we will see you next time or you will hear us next time. And yeah, have a good life for whatever you're listening to this. Have a Bones Day. Have a Bones Day. <laughs>